Hi, my name is Jennifer Mosquera. Welcome to Love, Hope, and Stories. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have my guest today. Her name is Stephanie Embry. She is a great friend, a great gal. I know you're going to be encouraged. Just to kind of set this up a little bit, my husband and I had the honor of leading a college campus ministry called Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship at SMU in Dallas, which is Southern Methodist University in Dallas. And my husband was there for 21 years. I was there for 12 years. I married into the ministry. And Stephanie's one of our students. It was such a privilege and honor to walk through this season of life with her. And you'll hear her story and you'll know why as she kind of unfolds what was happening in her family and what was going on in her personal life during that season of time. She's across the pond. So if you hear a little static in the recording, that's what's happening. Um, she is in England, and I was, I'm was i in Texas, and yeah, it was just a great interview. I can't wait for you to hear it, so here she is. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you on. It's good to be here. <laughs> I, I don't know how long we've known each other, but I remember seeing you for the first time um, in the hallway as we were going into, I think I think we were about to do a service for Chi Alpha at SMU, and you were in the hallway, and somebody was trying to get you to come in, and you were like, nah, I don't think I'll come. I'll come next yeah. time. You were, I had mock trial practice in my defense. That's so. right. Yeah. You were doing, you were going into something else, but we were trying to get you in our group, and, yeah, um, yeah. and I'm so happy that you decided to join Chi Alpha. Same. And, <laughs> And be one of our small group leaders. And you just, like, your life just, it was beautiful to watch, your college experience. So. Hey, I had a great time. Yeah, I didn't, I, I definitely felt um, chased in a good way by Kai Alpha. Oh, good. <laughs> but it was good. I needed the chasing, you know. I was running, so it was good. But, no, I mean, yeah, it was one of the best, the best things about SMU, really. Oh, well, I'm glad. So, why don't you tell people who you are? Okay. Hi, I'm Stephanie. Um, (laughs) I am 27, and I'm currently living in London in the United Kingdom. I just finished my second degree here at London School of Theology in Theology, (laughs) and now I'm working for a church that I've been with for a few years now. Um, Yeah, and that's what I'm doing. Yay! That is so cool. I want to talk to you about that so much, but I know that you have a story of God's love and hope that I ask you to share. Yeah. So, um, I, it's not going to sound incredibly hopeful at first, so just bear with me. <laughs> um, but so when I was at SMU, um, I entered SMU at a time where my family was going through a lot of things. Um, and when I entered SMU my first year was the first year that my family was without a home. So didn't have anything. Um, we had some belongings and a few places where we could stay with friends in Dallas, but we didn't really have 
a home for ourselves. It was me, my dad, my mom, and my younger brother. Um, and the majority of my time at SMU, that was the situation. You know, we were all in different places, in shelters and in strangers' homes. And I had people from Chi Alpha, but um, for the majority of the time at SMU, I was homeless, which which was really, really difficult for obvious reasons, but also there there was this thing that was really difficult was this feeling of I had nowhere to like go home to. Um, and so not just, you know, for holidays or school breaks, but like dinners with my family or like to celebrate birthdays or to just feel like this is a certain and secure place and I know it's not going anywhere because it belongs to me. And like that sense of safety um, was something that I had to go without. And um, I really struggled with this because I was a Christian and, and I knew God and, and my family knew God. And we knew that God was our provider and our protector. And I was like, where were you? Like, God, if you're mm. our provider, like, why aren't you providing? Because my family is actively looking for jobs. Like, it's not that we're not trying. It's not that we're not capable. Um, but we just couldn't seem to get our feet on solid ground. And I remember that I had a lot of um, just frustration and confusion. And, and I really asked a lot of difficult questions to God, mainly why, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. And there was one night that was like a really big turning point for me. It was about two years into the whole ordeal. And I was at SMU. I had just driven to see my little brother who was staying at the house of a youth member from his church and had just gone back to SMU outside of my dorm. And I was sitting in the car and I just remember feeling so hopeless and just crying because it just hit me like I may never get to go home again and wow. like what home meant and like mm -hmm. yeah I could I could go to other people's homes but but it's not the same and like this place where my family will be under one roof and it's ours it's our space like you know you walk into your home and it's like you can you breathe differently because it's yours and Mm -hmm. And you have literal space to just kind of be yourself, good, bad, ugly. And and the weight of realizing that I may never have that again mm. was really, really heavy. And I just felt so hopeless and covered in darkness. And I just remember crying out to God and being like, why? Like, this isn't fair. Like, And I just started saying over and over again, I just want to go home. I just want to go home and like knowing that that word and that plea was more than a place um was more than like a literal roof over the head but just really that return to a pre-broken stage yeah wow because like even even you know if you get repaired relationally like you carry the baggage of these experiences and the hurt and and just crying out for that and just saying, God, I want to go home. And I don't think I've felt desperation that deep ever mm. before or even now. I don't think I've hurt as much as I have in that moment of just knowing what I was crying out for and that I I may never have that again. Um, but there is this thing that switched and it wasn't like a light came on because to be honest, I really felt it was, it was nighttime and I really felt the darkness pressing in around me. And, and I, I didn't feel any of that lighten. I didn't feel any of the hurt go away. 
but it's like this thing shifted in my chest and it was like, it was just, I just knew it was going to be okay. And it didn't satisfy my hurt. It didn't satisfy my questions of why Mm. am I ever going to get to go home? What does home mean anymore? Like none of that was really fulfilled, but it was almost as if in this really broken moment in the cold and the dark of my car, just God just enveloped me. And like, it was almost like placing like Mm. a shock blanket on my shoulders. You know, when you, you see people after fires or traumatic events, the police, the, um, what do you use the British word? The A&E will like put (laughs) like a shock blanket over your shoulders and it like helps with your, your breathing, your body temperature and just to feel contained. And, and it really felt like that. It was like this shock blanket. And even though I was still crying, like, I felt my heart rate slow down. I felt like the panic kind of dissuade. And it was this realization of, yes, this is what's happening right Mm now. Um, But there is hope, not because I know for certain everything's going to be okay, because I didn't at the time, but because amidst all of this instability and uncertainty, like God was still there and it, it wasn't even I didn't even get a word it wasn't a scripture didn't come to mind you know I couldn't even say anything in response it was more of just this this feeling and this shift of knowing in, in my person of it's gonna be okay mm-hmm. and that moment of hope to me has been so visceral and honest because it's not something that resolved everything mm-hmm. you know it took a couple more years for life to get back together but like and it didn't take away my hurt. And I wasn't instantly like, oh, yay, everything's great now. Like, no, it was still really hard. And it still hurt a lot. But, like, I went from tripping over myself and stepping into holes in the ground and, you know, just stumbling to finally feeling like I can put my feet on something and it's not going to move. And that something was so outside myself and my circumstances that it had to be God. And yeah. And the, the knowledge that I had kind of had fed into me, I think just, you know, through Chi Alpha and through my own personal like journey with God, like, kind of came back in Mm -hmm. and resettled me and so I I still wanted answers I still wanted relief I still wanted resolution for myself and my family and I still felt like I had a right to ask for that from God to say this isn't fair and like be upset Mm -hmm. but I did it now from a place of like this isn't the end like this isn't the end of my story this isn't this isn't the way the rest of the li- my life is going to be. And you know what? Like, if it is the way the rest of the foreseeable future is, like, it's going to be okay. And it didn't make sense. And so I didn't really tell anyone because I couldn't express it at all. Like, I couldn't explain it in a way that I, like, feel like people could capture what had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but now looking back, it was as if, like, I kind of in my head imagined, like, me standing, like, on like that bit of like water where when like the water comes in the sand shifts and you like lose footing and you kind of have to like move to like get to a better place I went from in a situation like that to being like completely on solid ground completely on solid footing and like I was still in the midst of a storm but like I wasn't going anywhere at the same time Mm -hmm. um yeah and I just feel like it was a really honest moment of hope because 
hope doesn't always fix things. And as Christians, we like expect that. Like, I can't be a faithful, hopeful person if I hurt, if I'm angry, if I'm unhappy with my circumstances. Mm. And that's not true because I was all those things. And I had a hundred percent faith that like God wasn't gone. He didn't leave me and he wasn't going to leave me. Um, yeah. So that was like a really, a really difficult situation to have hope in, but it was something that came so outside of myself that I've never really felt anything like it before. And, and I, I don't really know if there's any more honest of a, of a moment of hope. So yeah, it really, it really changed things for me internally. Um, how do you think you lived life differently? Um, I think, I think it did help me have a lot more peace and like, it just gave me this ability to trust God where I see other people who were affected by our circumstances still to this day, really like struggle to trust God. Like mm-hmm. it really shifted my perspective and just kind of rooted my confidence in mm-hmm. God. And again, like, I don't feel like it was anything I did cause I was feeling really hopeless. Um, yeah, but it, I think it did, it gave me this better outlook so that, when the tide started to turn and and things started to change, I attributed that to God and it continued to draw me closer. Watching you walk through that, because we were were in your life pretty much during, (laughs) I mean, almost during your entire college career. And SMU is a very affluent place to be. And then there's Stephanie in her situation. (laughs) (laughs) And... You got to see everything that you, or even just a small portion, you would probably have just wanted a small portion of what you saw all these people experiencing with their families, their homes, their backstories. And then here you are. And, and I remember there were specific times when it was like, how is my school bill going to get paid? And God would just sweep in and like Stephanie would come in and say, Hey guys, would you pray with me? Because they're going to send me home and I don't even have a home to go to. Yeah. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you would come in the next week and be like, okay, well that was taken care of. Let's pray about the next thing. And it was like, you I I really watched you live on prayer. That that really sustained you during that time. Yeah, it did. I mean, obviously not just prayer, but like you, like the relationships as well, because like, yeah. obviously you guys were fantastic and, and like all my friends in Kyle were fantastic and like practically helping me out. Like I remember countless people like letting me like sleep on their couches or letting my family, my family mm-hmm. use their places like over Christmas break so we could have Christmas together. Like that is such a big deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did become really dependent on prayer. And I think it was looking back, like I have a different perspective, obviously, because I'm not in the midst of the hurt. But like, it was still, it was weird, because it's like, I would, my hope and prayer would kind of like falter, even though I still had a lot of hope in in God and what he was capable of. And so I remember coming to you guys, and I would be panicking. But, like, literally the next day or before the end of the week, things would be sorted. And yet the next time something happened, I would go into panic mode again. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, looking back, I'm like, oh, Steph, like, 
didn't you know? Like, but I, it also makes sense. Like, it's almost like two stages of hope, right? Like the very upfront in your face. This is an immediate need. And I know God is good and big and he's taking care of this big picture hope. Mm-hmm. This like eternal, I'm not going to be miserable for the rest of my life. Like, yeah, this pain is going to subside type hope. But he also like challenged me on like the basic kind of hope because I think it may have been like easy I think it was easier for me to see big picture than Mm -hmm. to wrestle with because I take care of myself so much that I was like I couldn't at a certain point and I couldn't provide for myself and so having those little tests of hope and like oh do I get my hopes up when at the same time I was getting my hopes up for like the whole situation in general, Mm -hmm. but that didn't bother me. It was like the day-to-day hope that was really difficult. And I just find that so interesting thinking back to like how panicked I would be and then we'd pray and it would happen. And then a couple weeks later, like clockwork, Steph would come in panicked again and (laughs) and then it would get resigned. It's just, I don't know how tired you guys were like. You know, I I really want to honor you because you allowed us to come into that situation with you. And like, that's, that's something so important with community of, I think on times in my life when I was going through things, not not exactly like your situation, obviously, but but those panic moments of life, and it's really it's a lifeline to the body of Christ to reach out and to like link arms so that you don't feel like you're drowning by yourself, you know? Yeah, and that's the hardest thing. I I don't like asking for help. <laughs> Who does? Like, Who likes yeah, asking not for just help? Like practically, but like I don't like telling people that I'm having a hard time because I don't want to like mm-hmm. burden people. Like I want to be, I want to be there for them. And I feel like that's going to hurt that. And so it was really difficult, but like it w- probably was the best, even the most uncomfortable, but the, the best mm-hmm. but uncomfortable you, position I could put myself in. What you did is you allowed other people, your age and even older like me to <laughs> experience God in a different way because we're like, we're all going to get in the ship with you that's sinking. We're all going to, like, put our emotions in there with you. And then we all get to see how God came through for Stephanie. And, like, he came yeah, through for Stephanie, yeah. but he also came through for me because I prayed for you, you know? And he yeah. answered my prayer. And then so it increases my faith value, I guess, to be able to pray for things in my personal life that are affecting me directly, you know? So it was really, yeah, no, that's good. even though it was a terrible time, you probably would never want to go back there. It was a gift to a lot of people, you know? So I, thanks for be, letting us all be a part of that. Of course. So <laughs> like, so what do you think? I, I, I think people would ask, okay, but what made you get to that place where you could feel that hope? Mm, um, I think I had to just stop trying to okay I think I had to like be really honest in two situations I think I had to stop trying to look for ways to fix it myself Mm -hmm. like I at one point was working three jobs Mm -hmm. and like giving money to my little brother and like my dad like and I don't think my dad even knows that was me but like just while you were in college yeah yeah (laughs) while I was a full-time student and that was insane and I was involved in other stuff but like I was trying to like fix things myself and help out myself because it mattered and and while that was coming from the right place like I needed to realize one that I I couldn't fix this like Mm -hmm. this wasn't something that I could make better on my own um and then the other thing was that I had to admit you know how 
how much it was affecting me because like I said like I I don't like to like I feel like I'm burdening other people and like I like to be the strong one I like Mm -hmm. to be the one that people know they can lean on and so if I'm having a hard time if I'm broken then this friend of mine who really needs me or my family member who's going through the same thing they're not going to think they can come to me and that kills me but I I think the moment in that car what made that possible was that I got to a point where I realized because I had like I had to quit some of my jobs to like do my studies more and like Mm -hmm. pass so um I wasn't able to like help practically and that really hit me that night driving back from my seeing my brother who was with his family who could do those things for him that was really hard because I wanted to do that for him Mm -hmm. um and then also just having dinner with my brother in a stranger's home though they were absolutely lovely yeah and neither of my parents present and then I go back to a dorm room knowing my you know dad's in a shelter and like my mom was somewhere else and like that I think I just was honest with myself of like I'm having a really hard time like this is breaking me mm-hmm. and if this doesn't get resolved if this never if I never get to go home again I don't know if I can do that that's too that hurts too much mm-hmm. to think about oh my gosh what if that happens I don't think I can make that and then it just broke like I I just finally broke I think and and from trying to hold myself up Mm -hmm. and trying to hold my family up practically and emotionally I just the second I let those go and I think actually admitted I was hopeless in those situations and I felt that and the weight of that yeah I think that's where it kind of gave space for hope to actually step in because I was no longer you know shaking my fist or you know grinding my teeth and you know like pounding Mm -hmm. like this is my place I'm gonna stand here I just kind of fell apart and in that cleared the way I think yeah Um, yeah you know a lot of times people are so afraid to get to the end of their rope like we're just hanging on for dear life and doing everything that we can because we feel like there's not much more I can take you know and we just like bear down and cling to it but what I have, what I'm hearing from you and what I'm hearing even in my own story is that it took me getting to the place where I'm like, I'm not going to cure it, my daughter. I can't cure her. You can't save your situation. Like there's yeah. nothing else I can do. And what I've experienced is that's whenever God says, oh, finally, now you're going to let me do it. Now you're going to yeah. let me put my arms around you, which you said is that feeling of a blanket coming over you. Yeah. And I'm going to show you that it's right now I'm going to be with you. And then in the days to come, I'm going to show you how I'll fix it. Yeah. It's almost like as Christians, right? We, we fear so much, like not having enough faith. Right. And mm-hmm. hopelessness is equated with that, but it's almost like I had to feel hopeless and accept and be honest about the fact that I didn't see a lot of hope and I didn't have a lot of hope for that hope to happen. And I don't, I can't like speak for everyone, but I feel like that's something that we really struggle with as Christians because I can't, I know I can't be hopeless. I got to have faith. God's going to come through. He's going to be good. But maybe if we just admit, Mm. you know, actually I'm feeling really hopeless right now and I don't see how this is ever going to be okay. Yeah. In saying that, we're stating where we are, which, which then allows hope to come in. So, you know, maybe we just need to be, we need to be a little more honest about being hopeless (laughs) to get hope. 
Hey, who knows? If there's a formula, maybe that's it. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> so what are you doing now? You were a journalism major, and there's actually an yeah, article right? out there that you took your situation and let other people in in a different way. So there's an article from the Dallas Morning News that you wrote, yeah. and it was uh, that was a very cool experience. But... So you were a journalism major, but now you have a degree in theology, which congratulations, by the way. <laughs> you just Yeah, jokes. Just uh, got that. You so you have a plan for your life, and then God's like, ha um, Yeah, so I, I graduated SMU in, oh my days, 20, 2014? Yeah? Sure. I don't know. <laughs> yes, 2014, because I graduated high school in 2010. 2014 with a journalism degree. At that point, I had been working at the Dallas Morning News already, and Mm -hmm. I just kind of stayed on um, into the fall. Um, But while I was at the Dallas Morning News, I was loving it. I was doing breaking news, like crime reporting, a bit of like feature pieces. Um, But I just really felt challenged to give a year to ministry. I had really enjoyed Chi Alpha. I felt really inspired by it and, and did feel a call on my life, but I didn't really know what that looked like. So um, I felt God say, right, you've given a year to journalism, give a year to ministry and then see Mm. which you enjoy more because I did enjoy journalism. And um, so, yeah, I I went to uh, Northern Ireland, um, Derry, uh, for a year, uh, which is like a whole other crazy story, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Which I only knew about because I went on a random two-week adventure with a Kyle group I'd never met in my life. Um, (laughs) It was great. (laughs) I'm so thankful for that. I didn't think I was crazy. Um, But yeah, so I I spent a year working for a church in Derry. And after that year was up, just kind of knew, like, right, this is what I want to do, ministry. Like, I want to work for a church in and just found that my most, like, my worst day in ministry, like, didn't compare to my best day in the newsroom. And wow. and I just felt so much more fulfilled. So I basically knew that if I wanted to, like, lead in a ministry that I needed to study mm-hmm. because I had had people, um, like, where I grew up that didn't really make that effort and it really affected me negatively in my theology and my understanding of God. So then I was like, right, I want to study where I want to do ministry because ministry is so relational, even if it's a different state in the U.S., like everyone relates so differently. It's different cultures. Mm -hmm. So I can study the culture as well as I study theology. And then God, I was like waiting for God to tell me where to go. And he was like, where do you want to go? I was like, oh, no. (laughs) So (laughs) a super long story short, lots of fretting and panicking. I basically decided I was like, you know, I looking at my life long term, I like, I want to spend my life doing ministry in the United Kingdom and looked up Bible colleges and um, found LST. I went to apply to LST. And when I went for my interview, the only question they asked me was, why should we accept you? And I was just like, if God tells you not to, because I don't really, I'm just going with the flow right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're like, okay. Uh, and they accepted me. <laughs> So yeah, I've, I just finished a three-year degree, so I have a bachelor's in theology, and um, that was an incredible experience. It was a Bible college, so everyone went there was Christian, and like I lived on site. It was really, really challenging, having gone to like a secular university prior, um, but I absolutely loved it, and it 
it made me a better person, a better Christian, a better, you know, thinker and theologian and like a better leader. Mm-hmm. I got elected student body president somehow. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> um, which was great. I had a fantastic time. Um, and yeah, and now I'm here. And so I'm just um, getting to work. I think, yeah, just don't know exactly what's ahead long term but definitely looking into like church leadership and just something Mm -hmm. that allows me to teach disciple and then serve you know good old manual labor so yeah Yeah, that's that's amazing Stephanie (laughs) who knew when you were back in mock trial that this is not me (laughs) (laughs) I was supposed to be a lawyer like I don't know what happened (laughs) well you're doing what you're supposed to be doing for sure yeah, 100%. So it's we've really lost you to the UK. That's what you're saying? Um, Yeah. I mean, if, if God, like, honestly, if God redirects me, like, that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I'll do whatever he asks. But I do feel for as far as I can see, this is kind of um, where I'm at. So, well, yeah. Well, I love to hear you talk. Your um, deep southern accent is not really there anymore. I keep hearing some no. <laughs> British pop in every now and then, which is so fun. <laughs> Anything that you would want to, like, offer of hope to anybody listening today that may be on the brink of giving in and just saying it's all for naught? Um, probably two things. The first thing is get people around you. Like, get people around you because you need a friend, first and foremost. Just someone who can love you and make you laugh when you just don't have that in you and then get people around you because you absolutely are right. You're not going to be able to do this if you do it on your own. A hundred percent. Like that's where people get crushed is when they get cut off and isolated. Um, and I know that it hurts your pride and I know that it's difficult and it's awkward and you're worried about how it'll affect your relationships. It will only help. It will only help. So get people around you. Um, and the second thing would probably be kind of what we've been talking about a lot is like, just be honest. And if you feel hopeless, feel that like, don't run from it. And, and don't think that you can't have hope and like, hurt at the same time, Mm -hmm. because you can. So if things are bad, let them be bad. Um, Because you can do that and hold that alongside knowing that they're not going to be bad forever but right now they are and that's okay so like hurt now because it's so valid um but don't let that hurt be your forever this is it for me this is all it's going to be that's kind of where that I found that that line is um that's so good Stephanie yeah that's so good (laughs) thank you would you want to pray for our listeners before we go yeah can do okay God, I thank you for Jennifer and this podcast. I thank you for the ways that you have um, been speaking through her and through everyone who's come on here about your hope and love, Lord. And I just pray for anyone who's listening right now who maybe um, who feels hopeless and who is just really struggling to understand where you're at and why you're you're having them or allowing them to go through what they're going through. God, I pray you would give them a moment, mm-hmm. a moment of honesty a moment of hurt, Lord, and just a moment where you kind of wrap yourself like a blanket around them, where they feel that stabilizing peace that they can't explain, that, that they know is not of them, and it surpasses all understanding and, and doesn't make sense in their circumstances, but is there nonetheless. 
We pray that you would still their hearts, that you would shift something in them, Lord, that lets them know that even if they are in immense pain and feeling incredibly hopeless and in the dark right now, that that is not forever and that their feet feel on solid ground despite all that's happening around them. Lord, I pray that right now that if anyone is um, feeling alone, that you would bring people around them, that you would bring others around them to strengthen them and to build them up and just protect them, Lord, from isolation and lies and, and the lies that they have to be perfect and feel 100% to have faith in you and to be near to you, Lord, because you are close to the brokenhearted. Mm. Yeah, God, I just pray that that becomes really real for people today. Yeah. Pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Stephanie, I could listen to you talk forever. <laughs> I love you. not something I hear very often. Thank you. <laughs> I love you so much, and you've got great stories. Thanks for sharing a couple of them with no, us. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening. I pray you are feeling encouraged and challenged to keep hoping in God's love for you. Please visit us online at lovehopeandstories.com where you'll find today's show notes, a few journal prompts, and this week's song of the week. I look forward to connecting with you on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for sharing the show with your friends and for rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcast. Until next time, keep hoping in His love.